Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the NXT 2.0. Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT 2.0. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review NXT 2.0, but also Raw, SmackDown, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review NXT 2.0, another show that was all over the place following Halloween Havoc, Hamlet. Yes, and I have to bring the mood down immediately for the first time, not in the way that I particularly enjoyed. Um, NXT 2.0's hot streak, if you could call it that, comes to an end at a run of eight, or whatever it was. I was looking... For all the things that has given me such joy in our previews and our reviews. And I was watching last night, and I ain't seen nothing. Well, I'm <laughs> seeing one thing, but otherwise, I ain't seen nothing that has brought such joy. This looked, and I'm dreading it, this looked like an attempt from these people that we know produce it, and these wrestlers performing in it, attempting to do a good wrestling show, and that can only spell disaster. <laughs> what are they thinking? Scale this all the way back. Get as stupid as you can for next week, because I was extremely worried at the earnest attempts to make a good show this week. Very worried indeed. Uh, charmless trash, this. <laughs> uh, what a rubbish, charmless television show this was. Like, the running bits didn't land the stupid wank fest of a certain sing-along segment, which we were oh getting to, was pathetic. The in-ring action was, at best, so unremarkably, quote-unquote, solid. The uh, show absolutely sucked. Well, let's dive straight into it. It uh, opened with the new NXT Women's Champion, Honey. Mandy, Mandy Rose, coming <laughs> Honey. out. Uh, they talked about they talked about, the as she was walking out there, the toxic trifecta and their victory. Uh, <laughs> Halloween Havoc. She comes in. She's very happy. She's very proud. She's the best-looking champion in the title's history. She's still the baddest bitch around. Uh, she says, last week was a great night for Toxic Attraction, and then we see all of them holding up their belts, and she says, damn, I look hard. Um, she says, I know what you're thinking. Where's the rest of Toxic Attraction? And they cut backstage, and they are beating their crap out of Zoe Stark and targeting her leg. And, yeah, she's... Pretending to be slightly concerned about Zoe Stark. Well, not really. Um, she's proud of what they've done, but she wants some competition. Um, she says, We run NXT. There is not a woman, tag team, or faction that can stop them. 
And then out comes Io Shirai, who says, I saw what you just did there. I don't like Stark, <laughs> but I like you even less. She challenges her to a match right there, right then. And Rose combats that by saying, I'm, I'm not scared of you. You know what? Let's, let's, let's have this match right now. Let's get a referee out there. And as Io Shirai turns to the entranceway to see if a referee's coming out, she gets cheap shot and she gets jumped by Mandy Rose, who clocks her with the microphone, beats her up, chucks her around ringside into the apron, into the announce table, into the post, all those sorts of things. Um, she gets on the mic as she chucks her back into the ring, says, this isn't the old NXT, this is NXT 2.0. And EO is never going to look like her, let alone grab that bloody title. But then EO fires up, takes her down, hits that beautiful release German suplex, double knees in the corner, goes up top for that moonsault, but in comes Gigi Dolin and JC Jane to run in and attack. Yo, hoys Gigi out the ring, gets a cross face on JC, but the numbers game catches up to her. Um, they beat her down, but in comes Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro to make the save. Looks like Io Shirai, Michael Hampler, could well be next in line for a title shot. What did you make of this schmoz at the beginning? Not very good. Um, yesterday, I was on the preview for this episode. I've made the point that Mandy Rose was probably, in a lot of ways, the ideal bridge between NXT and the main roster in that she's got a long way to go in developing as maybe the star that we want out of her in terms of her in in terms of everything actually but she's good and she's probably better than some of the like very very developmental disasters we've seen on this show so far so she probably a nice middle ground and yet there's that and then they're sending Io Shirai out there and them somehow believing that this is the Spider-Man meme we're one and the same you and I Io Shirai and Mandy Rose (laughs) no you're not like, one's so far above the other that it felt a little bit patronising that these would even be presented as equals, which I think was the intent here. Mm. I think, like, as the leader of a stable, a leader of a stable that's just won a load of belts, as the promo that picked to welcome everybody to NXT 2.0, somebody that they're seeing as a, as a main eventer in Mandy Rose, I think that was the idea, is that, you know, we think you've got somebody here that's a, a cut above the women on NXT, but you've forgotten about Io Shirai, you know? They're not on the same level. Shirai is so far above Mandy Rose, she can't see Mandy Rose, and yet they're going to have to book that in reverse, and they're going to have to try and create a situation mm. in which Mandy Rose, through a mate and through a bit of cheating, but can believably fend off Io Shirai as a first challenger, and that's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. And for the first time in, I think probably the first time since 2.0 started, an old NXT problem has resurfaced, which is... What do you do with these characters when they're out of steam on one show but completely unwanted by the other ones? Like it's it's a broken system that is that this version of NXT hasn't at all fixed. I'm not terribly interested in this feud. I'm not terribly interested in Shirai being the first victim, I guess, of Mandy yeah. Rose and Toxic Attraction. Um it doesn't feel authentic. The work and the beatdown wasn't particularly convincing. Um I not much I don't think there was much good to come out of this. It's just frustrating seeing people like Dakota Kai and Io Shirai on this show being used to elevate others. And you think if they book them right, they could be a sensation on the main roster. I mean, this is the story of the company. Yeah. And has been for several years at this point. This is absolutely dreck. They didn't take the beat down seriously at all. Mandy Rose's promos are absolutely woeful. I'm hot, honey. I got big tits and an aerobicized ass, honey. <laughs> I look better than anybody else, honey. It's like, where, man? How, like, we need to move on from this kind of total bollocks. Um, didn't hook me into a potential program. I guess it was in character for Io Shirai to go, well, 
enough about my tag team partner. I want a match because her character is someone who doesn't really care about the partner. But that's not a good character. That doesn't make me sympathize with her. She's just a bit of a cock. And it's one of those things where it's the most bizarre attempt to manufacture something that you could maybe see work if it was somehow just developed or stumbled upon organically. Oh, she's a bit of a knob to her partner, but you still like her. That's the sort of thing that just happens, and they try to make it happen, and it's odd, it's rubbish, I hate this goddamn show, I had so little patience for this opening segment, I thought it was absolutely dreadful. Uh, as they walk backstage, they pass Dakota Kai, so she didn't do what she did, <laughs> twatting Raquel Gonzalez with a spade to help Rose. She did it to end Raquel. She headed out to face Cora Jade. Before we got there, though, we get the first segment of Carry Down, baby, to the moon. He headed to Duke's do bloody... every time. Yeah, probably. He headed to <laughs> bloody Duke's poker room, mate. Uh, and Duke says, the buy-in's $500, dingaroos, mate. And uh, Grimes pays, and... And uh, Hudson is, you know, slagging him off, saying, oh, you might as well just give me all your money now. Let's be honest. Let's save the embarrassment of this, of you losing and you striking in in front of all these bloody sheilas as well. And uh, Grimes, <laughs> Cludus, brilliant idiot that he is, has no idea what's going on and keeps saying, hit me. And Hudson's like, it's, it's bloody poker, mate. And he goes, Cameron Grimes said, does the old, you got 21, I got 22 line. Revisit this later on the night. We'll talk about it all when we get to the final segment of this. We'll conclude uh, on that one. Instead, talk about Dakota Kai versus Cora Jade. I love Cora Jade wrestling in NXT because that means we get to see her entrance where she rides out on a skateboard for three yards, picks it up and runs around the ring with it. <laughs> it's my, it might be my favorite entrance. Can she not, at this point, learn to do the basics of skateboarding? No. Why not? Because she's too busy looking at her hands in training. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> messing about with that. You know, we all know what skateboarders do. They push it, they pick it up, they run around it in their hand. That's, hey! that's the famous cover of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, where he's like, Way! Skateboard! <laughs> uh, anyway, this was just a coat guy kicking the crap out of Cora Jade, basically. She's got a ruthless side, basically. Yes, Cora Jade gets some offense in. It was a bit botchy, if we're perfectly honest. And here. it wasn't very long either. No. Um, How did they. I wanted to flip so much in like a minute or something. Yeah, um, there's a few near falls for Cora Jade. She got a two count off a sunset flip, and then Kai out of nowhere, Scorpion kicks her and hits her with a running boot to defeat her after less than two and a half minutes. But yes, this match I was wincing at and not in a good way. Yeah, they got lost. Timing was atrocious. I'm going to be blunt. I enjoy being blunt. Are you going to run through the post match or can I do that now? <laughs> yes, so post match. He's not going to skate through it, is he? Uh, <laughs> Kai continues the beatdown, drags around by the hair, gets a table from underneath the ring, puts it on top of Jay, looks like she's going to do some mad move off the apron onto it, then has a little moment of reflection, gets down, you know, the officials are trying to stop him, not like that ever does anything, and then just picks up Cora Jade's skateboard, and I thought, oh, she's going to, like, twat the table with the skateboard or whatever, or break the skateboard. She just gave it to Cora Jade and left. What? What on earth is this? It's more why am I so violent stuff, like a little bit of a wrinkle of uh, reluctance to go full heel. Like they made, because obviously she isn't a character choice, get no choices, you know, scripted in this goddamn brand. They made her look a little bit like conflicted, a little bit crazy. So you see like a head movements and yeah. stuff throughout. Mm. They tried to make her look like she was. Not Alve. Richard loves Kane, doesn't he? 
Yeah. Neck stuff. Sideways head stuff. Yeah. Head tilt stuff. Like they yeah. tried to make it look like she was unbalanced. And As it, uh, Duke Bloody Hansen would say, not shuffling with a bloody full dick, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it was woeful. I couldn't take it seriously. I was laughing at it. I was wincing, as you said. That's the perfect word. Wincing at the match, laughing at the post-match. Like, the story that led to Dakota Kai's 2019 heel turn slash run was really quite well done, well orchestrated. There's kind of no reason to do that. Um, and this new version of Disturbed Dakota Kai, which is even more miscast. This mm. company is absolutely clueless. Yeah. So the... What they've, what they've done here is had her, like, attempt, well, consider enacting some brutal violence and then choosing not to do it, and kind of doing the same backstage with Toxic Attraction as well. It wasn't about you, it was about my own issues with Raquel Gonzalez. So the idea, I assume, is that she's trying to stop herself being as violent as she was last week because the issue is strictly with Raquel Gonzalez. It's not with other people. She's trying to make it more about Raquel Gonzalez than it is about herself. Mm-hmm. That's not a story these old men are capable of telling at all, not least when they've got to ask a woman to perform it, because um, they're not going to attempt to try and understand their performance. Are they? We've already seen that with Mandy Rose on this episode, and we've seen it repeatedly in the 2.0 era. Um, aye, so it's too big a reach from some people that think they're a lot cleverer than they are, and I know that's rich coming from some arsehole on a podcast, <laughs> but aye, none of this. podcast, saying. <laughs> <laughs> none of this translated in the way they wanted it to, and what's worse is that, and I'd never want to analyse this show through the lens that some do, which is, God, I miss the CWC. What have they done? What have they done to my boy? Ever. But I, Dakota Kai was really good. And yeah. that's like two wrestlers in a row now that I know I like and I know that I care for them more. And I'm watching them sort of suffer suffer the consequences of this. Like, this is absolutely not a call to return to Triple H's NXT. I promise you it's not. But it's a call for them. The two I just like to sign for AEW. That's what it's a call for. Like, <laughs> get them somewhere where I can appreciate what they're really great at because it's not here. Um, we got a recap of the, the war of words on Twitter between Kyle O'Reilly, Von Wagner, and Legado del Fantasma. And this really wound me up because there was a spelling mistake. And that is something that weirdly grinds my gears. Um, one of Legado del Fantasma saying, just because you've come in and won one match, you think you deserve a title opportunity. <laughs> come on, guys. Come on. Um, Robert Stone stuff, we'll get to that with Zion Quinn, don't you worry. Uh, and then we see <laughs> MSK hanging out at a bus stop, and I'd like to say congratulations to Michael Hamflet very much. Uh, for his This Is Your <laughs> Thing from the preview yesterday where he got scoffs, guffaws from myself and Michael Sidgwick, and he said MSK... Not you, were into it, man, you idiot. <laughs> he suggested there were going to be trees. Yep. Michael Hamflet, what was in MSK's hands as we cut to them at a sodding bus stop? The literal body part of a tree. Or a twig, as some people know it as, um, as they were stationary. Stationary. MSK have never been grounded in NXT like a tree, and yet they were, because times are hard in uh, the world of, um, I've already forgotten the names, Ash and Wes Tree. Like, they're trees now. And also, congratulations to you, Michael Cedric, because you alluded to something we'll get into in a second. So they're sat there, they're hanging out at a bus stop, they're not happy about, obviously, the, the contact. No, they can't, can they? They're, oh, bloody hell, lost those tag titles. Uh, they were, you know... It's like, dude, where's my tree? Because <laughs> they are meant to be like stoners, and they're like, oh, good. <laughs> dude, it's not even my guy. <laughs> hey, he sucks about that. my tree. <laughs> talks about That's how not long. even our bus. <laughs> they were hunted for so long. They oh, forgot. my God, I think that was our bus. <laughs> 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 Keep waiting for a camel and two come along at once. 
Uh, they forgot what it meant to hunt. It was what a line I got from this. Um, they were paying sh- someone who was going to show up and give them some advice. He was a big wealthy man who was going to help them out, and he was the guy who came up with the legend of MSK. And uh, Carter starts telling the story about how they got the name MSK, what it stands for, and all that. When a bloody bus gets in the way, and you can't see or hear what they're saying. Um, and then when he leaves, it's like, well, that's where MSK came from. And uh, they go, well, yeah, I thought that was my bus. And he goes, all right, well, we could just walk. And Lee gives, or Lee gets a piggyback from Carter, and they walk off down the street. I have seen these two guys wrestle several times, and they have awesome chemistry. WWE scripting makes them seem like they have the same chemistry as Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. <laughs> they don't look like mates. They don't talk like mates. They're meant to be like dim-witted stoners who are down on the look, but uh, let's have another spliff and win a title and it'll be all right. Was there some kind of implication here that I was right? Yeah. Because I said on the preview yesterday that the new gimmick would be like a businessman because succession's getting hot. And they've alluded to the fact that there's a businessman who's the brainchild, a big money maker, making deals. You know. And give them some success. Give them success. Yeah. However... As much as I would like to take a victory lap on guessing that there'll be a new businessman gimmick in um, NXT, I'm thinking it might be something else. Okay. What was the verbiage on the... What were the... To- like? They were hunted for so long they forgot what it meant to hunt, and they talked about how long they were champions for. Yeah, but talk me through the bit where they talked about the businessman again, or the guy. What did they say about him specifically? They, uh, he's going to come and give advice. He's quite knowledgeable. I didn't write it down verbatim because I didn't want to watch this twice, if I'm perfectly honest. Something about money? Yeah. Mm. Living a good life or something? Yeah. Right. They're stoners. <laughs> right. And there's a guy currently living an incredibly divorced life who's also a stoner, and he's a wealthy professional wrestler, so he's, you know... Gonna get Rob Van Dam in because if you noticed about two or so months ago at this point, everything's so wild that I might be a few months off. But Rob Van Dam started to really simp hard for WWE and in, in independent contractor status. And I'm thinking, hmm, you want a job because you were the first to tell him to fuck off way back when, and now you're absolutely licking boots. <laughs> so I'm thinking, like, RVD is the guy who came up with a name, and this is like. Head cannon, I think. Marijuana smoking kids. Oh, I thought I was I was gonna say most stoned crew with a K. <laughs> M-O-S-T-O-N-E-D-K-R-E-W. Yes. Rob Van Dam, the whole 2.0. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyway, moving on, because I want to leap on that segue there. But it's a, it's a DBRC thing except for MSK, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking that's, that's of brilliant, by the way. I, I can already visualize that. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of licking boots. Zion Quinn was in the ring, and Robert Stone had challenged him earlier. I just this made me so furious, by the way. So Robert Stone earlier has challenged Zion Quinn because Zion Quinn put him through a table and made him into a meme, even though no one memed that thing. No one cared about it at Halloween Havoc, if we're perfectly honest. Um, so Robert Stone, I, like, I do have an affinity. I like Robert Stone because he just throws himself into whatever they give him. And I like, you know, his character is a bit Andre Chase in terms of he just goes out there, goes, oh, I'm better than you, and then gets battered, basically. Love Andre Chase at the moment, by the way. 
Um, he says Quinn is jealous of him, just like everyone else. He can do anything. He's going to outsing Quinn, and then he's going to what was the? He's going to stomp her in his romper or something. Yeah. Good line that. Yeah, um, nice, and then he does it. He dedicates this song to Frankie Monet. He sings a song. I didn't write anything down about it. It was dreadful. It was painful. It was hard to watch on double speed. And he says, that's awesome. People loved it. No one actually loved it, of course. Um, and he says, oh, what do you think? You can do a better job. And I was like, look at him. He's come out in his suit. He's got this lay that he wears. He wrecks dudes. This is Goldberg backstage with gold dust going, don't test yeah. him. He'll ruin you. This is not what he's about. Quinn gets the mic and says, uh, that's pretty interesting, that. But I only came out here to kick your ass. And Robert Stone goes, well, are you went drinking? All that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, and, my God, I want to die. <laughs> and, and I thought, right, just put him through a table or something. What actually happened is Vince McMahon got involved. This is Raw Dog. Sorry, Raw yeah. Dog probably that, that's a far better show, actually. Because... It was also Shawn Michaels. Come yes. to me first on this. I've got a joke. Quinn, Quinn decided he was going to sing, and he was going to sing, and I thought, what on earth is... Because he's not got a song associated with him. He's going to sing his favourite song. Shawn Michaels' entrance theme. Sexy boy. Oh, my God, I hate this show when it does stuff like this. The nepotism or whatever you want to call it. Not nepotism, but, you know, the arse-kissing of all these, oh, look, let's hold all these up to such a high stand. No, they're the reason, as you guys have said for years, that this show has been going downhill, particularly since AEW came on the scene because they got their grubby little fingers all over this. <laughs> he sings... Everyone goes, ah, sexy And then Stone, they do, they do like, like a choreographed thing where, like, he does the dirty dancing lift or he dips him or whatever. And then Stone's furious, so Stone slaps him. There's a UF'd up chant, and then yeah, then he does just wreck him. He chucks him across the ring, rips his shirt off, but it doesn't matter at that point because he's done the karaoke mm -hmm. bollocks. Elbow strike in the corner, swing, jackhammer, whatever you want to call it. But by that point, Sige, I didn't care. What did you make of all this? I mean, I was I was appalled. <laughs> I was genuinely appalled. I was amused, greatly amused by this. Like, they just live in this demented, arrogant bubble where they just think they're the absolute boys. Like, look at the numbers for this show. Look at what the show was what you had to turn into in an attempt to get numbers, and you're feeling like that as well. But, to, like, Shawn Michaels ruined NXT. That's not a joke. He ruined NXT. He basically was I like, smell a third book. <laughs> By the way, if you want to get it, whatculture.bigcartel.com, development hell about NXT, and the new one all about AW. Go and get it. There you go. Continue. Heartbroken. Sorry. Oh, I don't give a care. Don't give a care. <laughs> it was funny. Between Shawn Michaels instructing everyone to stare at their hands, conflicted, why am I so violent? Between just the... Total and utter cannibalization of the drop down spot that Michaels used to love so much. He's really like when you get older as a creative, you lean too much on one thing mm. desperation, the drop down, trying to get those chances, the hand holding and the melodrama and the shocked face. And now with Sexy Boy blaring out on the speakers, and everyone's got to be a sexy boy and hold these stupid old failures of men in such reverence. NXT and NXT 2.0 now 
just basically one giant mirror for Shawn Michaels to jerk off in front of. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. Like, just get out of the business. And I still have to, every now and then, some dickhead, some absolute performative positivity troll on Twitter trying to do a wrestling meme page. It's going, <laughs> here's a good attempt at engagement, guys. Who's better, Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels? Bret Hart is better <laughs> than this absolute literal wanker. I had a, yeah, equally depressing but different. Who is better, Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels? <laughs> F*** off. Um, <laughs> I had a, yeah, equally depressing but different revelation during the segment. It occurred to me that for years we railed on the wrestlers who grew up fans of the Attitude Era and thus came into this already with this like inbuilt adoration for y- your Triple H's and co, and thus were then when they were instructed to take a pedigree because it's going to be good for the business, kid. Like they, I can't wait. All the wrestlers on Ride Along that were like, "Can you believe we were on No Mercy?" It's like, I've better dreams. Like dream bigger. Like you're supposed to be a star. You're not supposed to be. Well, just wanting to hang around with the stars. I want to. I don't want to relate to you as a fan. I want to like just be in awe of you as a superstar, a couple mm. less. And this whole I want to have a podcast higher in the charts than yours. That's you know that's what I was trying to <laughs> Gotta find some new dreams. <laughs> Too easy. Yeah. This segment made me realise we have passed that. We've passed that era of wrestlers that were just such big fans that they just want to get to play the wrestlers that they loved on television. We've reached the era of wrestlers coming in that were massive fans of the Bruce Pritchard podcast. <laughs> And all those episodes where Bruce would defend a terrible character or a terrible moment in a character's life yeah. to Conrad, probably before he'd come back to WWE, but he was still defensive of the stuff that he really loved. And on the podcast, he would Conrad would say, like, what the frig was that, Bruce? That was yeah. terrible. Why'd you make him do that? It was terrible. And he's like, it was an attraction. you got to know that they can do everything. You can't just go out there, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't give you six stars in the Tokyo Dome. Maybe it turns out he can sing. Maybe it turns out he can dance. We want him to be able to do all these things. If you want to be a WWE superstar, you've got to do it all. You've got to be a singer. I hate his voice. Yeah. He's Pritchard. Like, they've listened to that, and they've heard that, and then they've been given this instruction by the man himself, the voice of that podcast, the guy that was backstage all those years ago, and he's still there now, and they're saying, oh, well, if I just show that I can, then the world is my oyster. Vincent Mann will see me for this, mm. and he will see that I can do this, plus this, plus this, plus this. And it goes against... Everything that we're seeing on the other side, you know, when we, like, the comparisons are always drawn because it's, there's a really good wrestling show on the other side, but we use Paul Heyman, we invoke Paul Heyman all the time as how we managed it in ECWs, just to to avoid, like, another very obvious AEW comparison of a company doing it well. There was loads of people in ECW that could only do one thing, so they just did that one thing really, really well, and then Vincent Mann took that and formed the Attitude Era, and you watch any Attitude Era show, and there's a ton of wrestlers that can't really wrestle that well, but they can do one thing awesome, so that's all that matters. Now, this generation of guys that have listened to Bruce Pritchard banging about how he needs to do the lot, go out and thus shame themselves, effectively, mm. and ruin the one thing they might have been good at, such as a kind of an awesome jackhammer, beat-down squash, and sing and dance, because they think they need to show themselves as gross polymaths. And it's just, there's loads more of this to come. It's pretty bleak. The thing is, as well, is, is I, I watched that and I went... It's not the end of the world in terms of they've got about four or five others who just wreck dudes. We'll get to him, one of them later on, who is a megastar, potentially could be a huge star for WWE, and they've booked him the right way. But for Zion Quinn, like this stain's going to stick with him for a while. And just, sorry, one more thing on this. Because it was next to Robert Stone, 
who can do that stuff really well, yeah. it'd be like asking the segment to end with Robert Stone hitting an awesome jackhammer. That, is, that wouldn't make sense because he's really good at this comedic element of it, so do that. Don't then ask him to be hard as nails. But they've done the complete opposite with Zion Quinn, who theoretically is the prospect here. And I'm sorry to keep bleeding on about this. I know we want to move on. There's lots of stuff, other stuff we want to cover. But, like, it's not like they've gone, oh, God, afterwards, yeah, you know what? We shouldn't have done that with Zion Quinn. It's sort of like doesn't really oil and water shouldn't really mix in terms of trying to make someone do something the Robert Stone way. He should just come out, be a bit of an idiot, and then get wrecked like Andre Chase a bit later on. But then you go, you did that last year, was it, with Rhea Ripley? And I know Rhea Ripley didn't sing a dance, but she did have some bollocks boxing match. Mm-hmm. And in the end, yes, she was victorious and stuff. That didn't matter. We didn't look back on it and go, oh, well, that was some good stuff to keep her busy when she wasn't in and around the title picture. Yeah, everything sucks. You've brought uh, the Wrestling Great Britain podcast charts there. Could you do that again for me, please? Uh, there you go. Uh, what's number five? The Kurt Angle Show. Great what? pod. Four? Uh, My World with Jeff Jarrett. Excellent. Three? A grilling JR. Obviously, we wish JR well in his recovery. Very good podcast as well. He's very That's honest. a great pod. And uh, number two? Number two would be Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Down one. <laughs> two, two, two. <laughs> two, two, two. Come on, guys. I like the Bruce Pritchard podcast. It's an attraction. It's not a good podcast, but it's an attraction. I know uh, like, Conrad's all right. Uh, it's, not on, it's not on Conrad. He does good. I like Conrad. He does good work. He does incredible work. a gross arsehole. What's number one? This part, baby. This is a bloody karaoke for you. Suck it! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Right, let's move on uh, and talk about Joe Gacy instead. <laughs> uh, suck my ass. <laughs> Uh, he's, it's just a little vignette this week. Uh, he says the world should be a happier place, but it's filled with NXT ne- 2.0. negativity. Uh, people on social media are so goddamn negative, and there's stock footage of people looking stressed at a phone or at a table or being, uh, feeling sad or whatever it may be. And he says, uh, hey, you call this guy a monster. Why? Because he's big, because he's got tattoos, because he's got a shaved head, because his name's Harland. 
You guys <laughs> alienate people, but that stops now because we're going to change the world together. Does Joe Gacy run one of these uh, meme accounts on Twitter? <laughs> guys, Joe Gacy is feeding for followers. Uh, guys, what do you think of Rick Rude? Good. <laughs> yeah, good one. I should be more positive. You absolute c- <laughs> I seriously hate you so much. Just the w- I'm. Can we do a podcast mm. where we rank? From in descending order, the ten worst types of uh, wrestling Twitter user. Certainly on there needs to be. I don't want to put a public vote out there because I couldn't deal with being really high up in the charts. <laughs> <laughs> Could be a new slash. Chad Gable's a good wrestler. Pass it on. Pass it on. Those types, no insight, but just generally popular takes that they know are going to be easy engagement. I think I hate them the most, more than like your yeah, cry laugh emoji, like anti AEW trolls, because those people are genuinely like upset that there's a thing that's better than their thing, and they are probably troubled in real life. And I honestly feel a bit sorry for them. My favorite is when they go, "Yeah, but uh, WWE's got loads of money, so how does that affect me whatsoever?" <laughs> so I hate them, but I also pity them. I hate the hollow husk, cynical bastards who do these um, positive performative accounts. You know, I also really can't stand. There's like a click of about 50 or 60 former Wrestling Observer Newsletter board members, and they're all connected, and it's all a bit incestuous, that scene. And they think by taking the piss out of Ernest Takes, that they're too goddamn cool for school. And you go through their shit feeds, and you go down, <laughs> what do they think? What do they think? Okay, if you're so cool, and you're so opinionated, and you're so insightful, and you, and you know so much... What are your takes? And then you'll go on a Wednesday night and think something cool's happened on Dynamite. Lower case, hell yeah. That's how to take you arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah, that's cool. Is it? Why don't, was, you, why don't you come up with something good? I was never met in my forum years. I was only ever a very occasional lurker on Figure Four Board, and that was one of the big ones, wasn't it? But that was never really my world. But there's I mean, a group now who've evolved from being on the board. Oh, the guys who are still there are laying. We're the cool guys. They're all like interconnected. And yeah, you know some of them. Some of them have got some good patterns, some good takes, but like some of them are like, hell yeah. <laughs> Is that a take? <laughs> Just because you're doing it in lowercase, like an absolute 15-year-old. Like, why don't you stop being a nonce? Stop taking the piss out of earnest, decent insight and just get the hell offline. Uh, like Make when, it better for everybody else. Can we include, because like there's no one person, it's just it's always in relation to the, the bad take to begin with. Um, somebody conflating, say, for example, this week's Raw match between Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair as making good on 20 years of terrible booking. Yes. And saying, like, sort of, uh, um, WWE can't book. Have a look at this very good wrestling match. Well, they're not the same thing. And then, <laughs> so, and then somebody will reply with a crying Mario saying, you dropped this king. Like, <laughs> that, that specific reply guy to those specific tweets. Hey, guys, if Raw's, a good, uh, if, if Raw's such a bad wrestling show, how come it's got good wrestling matches on it? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. Just, I don't know what these guys are watching. Get a brain, morons. <laughs> uh, Electra Lopez, she's walking backstage. and she, she likes the look of that guy's cack. She didn't realise that Zion had that side to him, is the way she worded it, Sige. I, I don't think the cameras are supposed to be rolling on this definite shoot conversation that wasn't fake dialogue, Will, but I think we saw something we weren't supposed to. She says, I've got many sides, and she has some that I can work with. Fine. Uh, Sing to her when he books her. <laughs> you, you also talk like this. <laughs> we, should out, we should hang out more. And then we get Von Wagner and Carl <laughs> the best friends. The best friends uh, taking on Legado Del Fantasma. The undisputed losers. Um, so it's such a weird dynamic, this tag team, right? Because Kyle O'Reilly, it's like 
Kyle O'Reilly, he covers the wrestling part of things, and then Von Wagner just comes in and people, you know, Steven Seagal bump for him sort of all over the place. Like he's like he's got power. Don't get me wrong, but it was just such a weird sort dynamic. of Brian Clark. Yeah. <laughs> God, I wish, I wish Brian Clark. I wish I had a bombs on two point oh. I find it important to why I was trying to distinguish how I felt about Dakota Kai and Io Shirai because is it more worrying that I don't feel that way about Kyle O'Reilly? I don't know what to feel about him anymore on the show. I don't have any of these pangs of what are you doing here, mate? But I also don't be like, thank God we got veteran Kyle on board to, to carry these guys over the line. What the f- am I looking at with Kyle O'Reilly? Who is he? Like, Who is he? Does he look around? Like, I, I know, you know, you shouldn't, you know, judge, your, judge yourselves by other people's highlight reel, but does he look around and go, Adam Cole in AEW, you know, already, you know, being discussed as a future, you know, five-star match. I know where you're Kenny going. Omega. Bobby Fish felt like he was wearing a cast for about two years in a row. Bobby and I'm like, Fish. and I'm like, I'm hoping Bobby Fish is on Dynamite this week. How the fuck has this happened? <laughs> Even Roddy Strong's got like the diamond man. He's got a title around yeah. his waist. He's just doing 12-ounce curl. That's all he's doing. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly's the kind of guy who's going to turn up in AEW one day, I'm fairly certain. And he's going to blow your mind. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 100%. And he's not going to do like a shoot interview or a talk as Jericho. He's just going to go, yeah, I really enjoy my time there. I really respect their Paul and Hunter for what they mm-hmm. did for me. Everyone's ready for a new challenge. It's really exciting, isn't it, guys? It's just like... Oh, and then shoot. Red Dragon are going to have rippers every yeah. week. <laughs> like, just, just please shoot, please shoot. Please shoot, yeah. Yeah, he deserves so much better than this. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a nice fella. Mm. He he takes a lot of the heat from Legado del Fantasma here. In comes Wagner, gets a hot tag. Uh, Legado tried to double suplex him, but of course he does it to them instead. Later on, another hot tag to him. He comes in, runs wild, knee lift to wild off the ropes, elevated downward spiral, hits him for that as well. Um, he nails wild with the Olympic slam as well. That looked great. And uh, it looks like that Von Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly, as we assumed, were, were getting the victory. But they go to hit a tandem move. Mendoza just flies in. Love Raul Mendoza. Missile drop kicks Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, and then that sort of distraction allows Joaquin Wilde to roll up Von Wagner with a schoolboy and get the victory, Hamlet. Yet again, they're so lost in their own values, if you can even call them values, that they were trying to present this as like, oh man, the old best mates just can't get along anymore. Where's and the frustration where's, afterwards? I was like, is the turn coming now? Because this, well, not like it wasn't a finish to set up, was it? It was like, where's the old chemistry? We're supposed to go back years, and now we can't get our together. It was just a wrestling move. Like the wrestler beat the other wrestler with a wrestling move. That's not the point where you go, come on, Von, what's this been all about? <laughs> it's just they believe this to be some sort of like checkpoint in the Von Wagner, Kyle O'Reilly story, the eventual turn that will come and all that sort of stuff. They believe that the roll-up will be something that one of them will look back on when we have the eventual turn. And funny, you'd have not got beaten with the wrestling move, wrestler. Mm. But they don't think of that as this. It's just crap. This is absolutely rubbish. And uh, I don't want to do the weekly Von Wagner pile on because as I've said several times, I feel Pile on. He's <laughs> such an arsehole. As I've said several times, I feel he's a little bit pitiable to me to watch. He's just not comfortable. Maybe that's who Kyle O'Reilly is, a man who pities Von Wagner. Uh, no, but I don't like watching people who are obviously uncomfortable. It's just like, uh, I can't bear It's punching down. I don't punch down. The I only last it. legend bit I liked, apart from the obvious bit, uh, is a bit where she just put a picture of Von Wagner and went, Brad Pitt, come on. And that was it. <laughs> So, like, we're different people. <laughs> um, but, like, if we're going to analyse his work, in another one of those spots where it's like, hey, it's just like his dad, who we're just going to otherwise completely deny the existence of, yeah. they did the 
Beverly Brothers spot. Did you notice that? Yes. One of the Aye. signature mm-hmm. Beverly Brothers, a leapfrog. Yeah. Um, leapfrog, leapfrog into like a rope hang, like sit down splash. Thing. Sit down splash. Didn't do it on his back though. He did it on his fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> splash flat on his ass. <laughs> yeah. Not pretty. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Because, uh, Who's your dad? He wasn't even my dad. <laughs> Carmelo Hayes is getting interviewed with Trick Williams. Uh, they insist on being called the A champion here in NXT. Uh, oh, good. Are they going to uh, combine the titles and then just think it's an equally good idea to just have them separate again? <laughs> Remember when William Regal did that last year? Yeah. I think it's a great idea to combine these titles. And then when Keith Lee was like, ah, I feel like I should just be the main. I don't want to be the North American title. It sounds good. <laughs> That's a great idea. Well, why is that a great idea? If the other one wasn't a great idea, why what? didn't this get buried? Because no one gives a toss about the show. Keith, what are you going to do if you lose it, the other one immediately? I will not worry about that, for I am limitless. Bum, 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 If you were limitless, defend both titles. <laughs> uh, anyway. Well, my schedule is limited. <laughs> I am limitless. Here to say the show... Did somebody say Andre Chase? I love this man. He comes in, he goes, hey, guys, don't you worry about that, about going out and facing, uh, who are they facing? Oh, yeah, uh, Loomis and Gargano, because uh, I'm going to have your back like you had mine last week. And they're like, what are you, what are you talking about? What are you on about? And they just go, see ya, <laughs> leave. And then he's furious. He reveals that he's not happy. He's uh, heard about people calling him a coward after what went down in the Hornet house. And he says he's going to head out to the ring and hand out an ass-kicking. Uh, we head back to Duke's bloody piker room. Uh, Grimes is he's with a lady, and he's uh, he's doing pretty well for himself. Uh, he's also... You know, they're necking. Uh, <laughs> playing a bit of poker, and he's like... Prospective intercourse. <laughs> He, uh, he's got no bloody clue what he's doing. And then he just <laughs> Two full sex. <laughs> <laughs> Flops down his cards and he's actually got a flush. Uh, he has no idea what that is, but he's happy to win. Duke Hudson, he's bloody beginner's lack. I think I'll get you sort of thing. And then the game continues. And then Andre Chase is out in the ring. He comes out. He's furious about people on social media calling him a coward. And he said, this is what we call a teachable moment. And his student section, as they will attest, and there's people where I want an Andre Chase jumper and to be waving the, the university flags and what have you. As his student section will attest, he's the only person to fear around here. Anyone who wants a PhD in their ass, getting their ass kicked, come down from the back. And who should come out but Braun Breaker? Out he comes, and he just wrecks this dude. Uh, It's a very short squash. He gets battered left, right, and center. Power moves from Bron Breaker, of course. Uh, A cheap shot from Chase gets him some offense in, but then Breaker just shakes all that off. Uh, Lifts him up, gorilla press, drops him down, power slam, one, two, three, and then Breaker gets on the mic and says, look, Halloween Havoc last week, I failed in the biggest match of my life. Tommaso Ciampa set traps and every single one of them I fell into. I lost due to my inexperience. Tommaso Ciampa is the man in NXT, but there is nothing that pisses him off more than losing. And he's going to get another shot at that title, Tommaso. I don't think this is over. I will beat you or die trying. I thought this was really good. Yes, me too. To the miserable bastards that always call us miserable bastards, there's just going to be a load of praise here. So, Andre Chase, first of all, um, this is an indictment to NXT 2.0, but Andre Chase at the moment is kind of reminding me um, of both 
Percy Watson and Alex Riley from the original NXT, which is to say, genuinely memorable, awesome characters in a complete dumpster fire of an environment. <laughs> and that's what I'm getting out of Andre Chase every week. Like, every single week. He, this show could be cancelled in two weeks' time, and we'll be like, oh, but he was good, wasn't he? Like, I really enjoyed having him to watch for a few minutes every week. And I still think of Percy Watson going, oh, yeah! And Alex Riley somehow not becoming a massive star, not as Rage and Riley, but as the Miz's Letterman jacket guy. But... Andre Chase is this guy that is, and it's, it feels more than he's like polishing turds. He feels completely locked into this gimmick. They seem to be having fun booking him in this gimmick, and they know how to use mm. him. And he doesn't feel, he doesn't feel buried where he currently is. And eventually, he's going to get wins and all that sort of stuff. So I just, I like him genuinely. I like him, and I like watching him do this thing. Bron Breaker, in like last week was above average, but he was five or six matches in. It was career pretty much, and he's having this title match. Um, off the back of this promo, if you package the match and the promo together, we might have had a situation where somebody went over and somebody got over. Because I think Bron Breaker managed his defeat really well in mm-hmm. this promo. I couldn't tell yet if this is going to be a matter of respect, this rematch, or if he is like if he himself is now setting the trap for Samasa Champer. He's learned that traps get set and that's how you win titles. And he's laying his first one for Champer to fall into, which is the lull of false sense of security. They've kind of, if we're being honest, Bron Breaker's the only thing they've done pretty well on this show so far because last week there was genuine suspense and heat going into, I, I saw you shrug. In, t- in terms of somebody we'll get might, to the other thing in a second. In terms of somebody that might be able to make them legitimate money that isn't just us ripping the piss out of them. Um, the main event, for, like, who's going to win the belt is yes, what yeah, yeah, is yeah. supposed to be about. That's the, all of this is about. And it's like, I don't know who's going to win the belt. And I'm quite interested to see who's going to win the belt. And this made me want to see it again and just gave me the feeling that they still know what they're doing with him. I liked all of this. Anything you want to say about this? Um, it was a narrative obligation to have Breaker look better following the loss, address the loss in sort of a man's way. Like he didn't do the whole baby face comes out and fails upwards or not like that. Decent, like, halfway, like, staggeringly competent baby face booking. Um, it's not going to get better doing his routine in a squash. He should be working Pete Dunne for a month mm-hmm. on the Largo Loop or something. But, you know, it's a fictional beat that I don't really want to analyse earnestly. This was earnestly good. Yeah, didn't he? wasn't he one of the guys called up to the dark match recently, Bron Breaker? I'm sure I read that somewhere. Jesus which is just Christ. terrifying to think about. A, because he's inexperienced. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, take time getting better. But also because Vince McMahon will see him, love him, and promote him straight away. Yeah. So he'll be inexperienced and on SmackDown or something like that. <laughs> Um, we get an interview with Imperium. I'm still baffled by this because I'm fairly certain they're meant to be live interviews, mm. but there's subtitles. So it's incredibly impressive. That, that always throws me. Uh, they basically say... You could at least make them a little bit not perfect, mm. like a closed caption or something, to make the illusion, oh, who cares? Says you're welcome for being saved from MX, MSK as tag team champions. They don't compromise. And then him comes... In comes JC Jane and Gigi Dolene to rub them with a black rose, basically. And they say, oh, we've got a six-woman tag next week. You should come and watch. And uh, Bartel said, and that might be sacred, but uh, America's got its benefits. Love this. Imperium are going to be top shaggers. That's Imperium is shaggers. Who saw that coming? I lo- everyone's hard. Everyone's, <laughs> everyone's hard and everyone's wet. Like, I love it. Like, Electro Lopez. Yeah. Wet. Gigi Dolin, JC Jane, wet. Imperium, hard. Funny. Like Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes, hard. <laughs> Grayson Waller, hard. And, and Sex T. <laughs> like, I just love how there's like 
obligatory. It's like AEW Dynamite's love of the word shh, which has yes. long <laughs> since become this obligation that they're having way too much fun with. Like everyone's got to be hot or wet on NXT 2.0, <laughs> and it rules. Uh, well, best part of the show came next. It's time, well, after the beginning bit. Uh, time for lashing out with Lash Legend. Here she is. Uh, she says, oh, well, November's here, but uh, we have to talk about Halloween Havoc. She talks about Von Wagner looking like Brad Pitt and Grayson Waller being like Dracula. She says she's the only host in NXT. She's unbearable. Uh, and then she welcomes the real star of the show, Donnie D'Angelo. <laughs> but she says, actually, absolutely not. She talks about her producer, Mark, being vanished despite telling Tony, no, he can't come on the show. And then she brings uh, Tony out to confront him and ask him about it. And he says, what am I, yeah? Some kind of goddamn magician, huh? <laughs> Last time I was talking to producer Mark, okay, and he was busy telling me why I couldn't be on your show. And then you go, well, surprise, Mark's here. And this schmuck comes out, and he's got his arm in a sling, and he's got a headset on and a clipboard, because that's what producers do, apparently. Uh, <laughs> sits down, Tony Tony sees him, doesn't, you know, sell it. I was like, oh, bollocks, they found the bloke I tried to murder. He goes, look at him, there he is. Oh, he's so cute when he's nervous. He's got the butterflies because he's on TV. Hey, why don't you say hello to everybody at home? Say hi to your gorgeous wife, Laurie, huh? Go ahead. He says, hi, love. He says, let me tell you, this guy has got it made. He's got the big, beautiful house, the big old trees, the tire swing in the front. Of the <laughs> he says, your two boys must be so proud. Georgie Baker, your daddy's on TV. And I love this. He goes, say hi to him. Say hi to your boys. Say hi. And he changes <laughs> It's like it's almost as sinister as Joe Pesci. <laughs> I'm funny like a clown, huh? Uh, and he says, Do I make you laugh, Wilbur? I listen to your goddamn podcast. Do I make you laugh? So he says hello to his sons. And he says, hey, tell, tell Lash everything's all right. And he goes, it's fine, Lash. Nothing happened. He says, see, nothing happened. Now take a walk. Huh? <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Oh, what a guy. Uh, but anyways, anyways, brilliant. My <laughs> rules from the beginning have been the same. Okay, make as much money as I possibly can. And hurt some people in the process. Uh, sometimes I feel like smacking around some guys. Like De Dexter Loomis or that Fugazi Goomba Johnny Gargano. huh? And don't give, get me even started on the... And he's been listening to the podcast. Bodies money in NXT. Sorry. Pete Dunn. Bodies money in NXT. Don't get me started on that Pete Dunn schmuck. Or even the... Even I'll do you one better. The NXT champion, Tommaso Ciampa. Huh? My niece Adriana's tougher than that guy. Adriana, uh, yes! He's and, uh, have, <laughs> he's, I like how it's not the Soprano family. It's just every character in the Sopranos universe is related to. Uh, like so, he's, he's shagged them all. <laughs> it's Sopranos Mafia Bingo. Tony D'Angelo, what? <laughs> Nobody <laughs> shouts bingo. You just shout, oh! So he's going to, oh, oh! <laughs> Uh, and then he turns Lash Legends react to this shade that he's throwing around, and uh, he goes, "Anyway, uh, hey, touch. Can we uh, wrap this up? I got a call with uh, Vito and Sokorkus, and uh, Lash Legend. She's not happy what? about all this. You, you don't get to tell her what to do. But he says, uh, "Listen here, hun. Uh, he goes, "Yeah, go go get yourself some nice and look after the kids." And you know what she does? She shuts her goddamn mouth. She wraps up the show, and there you have it. Bish, bash, bark, Tony D'Angelo. Ow! <laughs> Spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> I got to that. I got to that. 
On what? Us on the segment. Your thing was better. It was funny, but it wasn't as funny as that. Oh, God, bitch, 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 get the fuck out of here. Do you know what I think he speaks volumes? <laughs> that I went to, you know, make sure I got my notes correct on this, and uh, they cut the entire bit of Lash Legend stuff out of this in 28 Tony D'Angelo. I think that tells you all you need to know about these two characters. It is about time that in WWE, when they've storyline murdered somebody, they explain that they haven't, because there's been a bit too much of that, where somebody yeah. has been, like, disappeared, and they just drop it. Oh, it's like, oh, so they are dead then. <laughs> so yeah. this, why aren't the police been involved? Um, aye. This was... Neither one thing nor the other, really, because it, I, I loved it. Tony D'Angelo's so good at this. But look at it, man. He, he, what were we just talking about? Oh, we need a wrestler to fight for the belt. Like, this guy's a fucking cartoon. Like, he's just ludicrous. He I needs love, to be champion. I think he does, but not for the health of this. <laughs> just for our fun. Like, for so our fun. This was well. really, really funny and really, really well performed. Um, it's so, it's good, but it doesn't belong, does it? It doesn't belong in this universe because it's so good, it's not really wrestling anymore, is it? He's legit mafia. <laughs> what if, like, he has a last man standing match with Tommaso Ciampa and he just wraps him up in a big rug and he can't stand up and he's like, hey, new champion, baby. <laughs> oh, that's the preview fodder. Sorry, yeah. I'm overstepping the market. Why? Duke Hudson's got a poker. He's not very good at poker, so he's losing all his money. That's why he's a wrestler. We know this. But Tony D'Angelo has all these. We're right back to the opening segment. Like, he's looking for riches in life. Why is he here? <laughs> Why is he here? He's got all these connections to the mafia. Tony Why is he Soprano's house is the kind of house that the NXT producers would hire to pretend it was LA Knight's house. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> so he's obviously, if he just goes the Soprano Tony route rather than the LA Knight route, he's going to make more goddamn money, yeah? It's like, so you watch the pilot of the Sopranos and you learn all about the dynamics of why Tony's at the, like, at the top, as far as we know, at that point this mafia tree and there's all these various connections and there's all these ways that he collects and where he hides his money and stuff and then five minutes before the end of the episode like one of the characters goes hey good luck in that tennis tournament tonight and it turns out that Tony Soprano is a professional tennis player <laughs> and like he's a, why, why are you doing that because I gotta make my money from tennis I, t- I told you calm get my racket not that kind of racket like the <laughs> uh, anything else you want to say uh, no Okay, fair enough. Uh, we got a <laughs> quick, quick squash. Uh, Solo Sokoa beat Jeet Rama. Uh, made to look really strong here. Big splash off the top rope to, to get the win here. Another just guy wrecking dudes, I suppose. Yeah, that's what the show is. I, no, I, I, I didn't get this. I'm a WWE fan, and he didn't sing or dance. <laughs> so how do I know that he's multi-skilled? Like, I didn't see if he was cute or sexy, or if he had the looks, or if he drove girls wild. Didn't they say that He's Uso's brother, isn't he? Yeah. And he's related, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they said that his family abandoned him on commentary. Did they? That's why he's so low to go. Jesus. Is that like, like the kind Sure, I, I might be making... Uh, I watched this at a ridiculous time in the morning. Yeah. But then how are gonna, people going to say, like, Bloodline, thinking emoji face, with a picture of him next to Roman Reigns? How's that? How are you going to get 1K likes from a hack bastard? <laughs> <laughs> right, it's time for uh, multi-talented Grayson Waller, thrill-seeker, Golden Gloves champion, and cosplay winner. Uh, he he has a match with Boa. Uh, Boa is there with uh, Mia Ying uh, beforehand. We'll get back to that in a second. <laughs> uh, Boa gets in a lot of offense. LA Knight's loving this on commentary, by the way. 
And uh, Waller starts making this comeback, and he goes up on the second rope. He looks like he's going to hit some finisher, and L.A. Knight goes, that's my cue to leave lights, walks out. This distracts uh, Grayson Waller. That allows uh, Boa to hit him with a knee strike and defeat him. So they're just going to go down the route of more L.A. Knight versus Grayson Waller stuff by the looks of this. Yeah, fair play to them for setting up the match they had last week unannounced Uh, over a thing that they'd already advertised (laughs) that they didn't need to go back on. It's backwards. It's backwards and it's rubbish. But I want to talk more about this because, like I said, there was a segment before with with me, and I was like, oh, good, the thousand-year-old dragon lady who went 50-50 still here. Again, we watched this at a ridiculous time in the morning to watch it before work to come in to then talk about it, Sige. Did Boa get possessed by the spirit of a thousand-year-old dragon lady? Because post-match, he went into the changing room. What good's that going to do him? She's rubbish. <laughs> Post-match, he went to the change The bang average thousand-year-old dragon lady. She's useless. She wasn't in the chair. He looked at the chair, and if I'm not mistaken, he turned around, and his face was like hers, and... He blew the smoke. Blew the smoke. She's useless, so what a waste of time that is. <laughs> <laughs> that happened, that happened, right? It happened. Yeah, it happened. Oh, I did. No, it did, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's conclude these segments of Kevin Grimes in Duke's body poker room. Um, Duke tells Grimes, I'll cut you here, I want you, mate. Exactly where I want you, and he keeps Grimes keeps checking. He's slow playing for uh, the poker players out there, uh, and Duke keeps rising and, and getting called and what have you. And uh, Duke pat, puts in a hand. What pat, have you? Duke puts in a thousand dollar dingaroos, right? And, uh, and he goes all in, and Cameron Grimes calls him, and Grimes calls, and guess what? He's got a full house full of how do we not call this twos? Because he's going. What did you make of all these segments? I thought they was a nice bit of fun. I thought they were absolutely crap. Oh. Generally thought they were rubbish. Um, like, they were, it was meant to be an amusing payoff where the baby face sounds yeah. small to the heel. But, like, WWE, they're just they're so stupid. Like, elements of this, they were filmed. Like, it was really serious. <laughs> yeah. Like, Duke Hudson was playing it so straight. And, like, they're trying to get suspense about which hand Cameron Grimes has. Like just, a Cena Royale yeah, or the something. The tone of this, the tone was so... Dumb. <laughs> just as well, like you're right. Totally, it was all over the map. But just as like, and you're right. We, sh- we when you say it on this podcast, this one specifically, we should have called that. What you mean is, why didn't we nail the rubbish pun or wordplay? Because that's what we should easily predict yeah. on in NXT. Um, they are so inept, right? We love Tony D'Angelo. Imagine if in so Tony D'Angelo the debut vignette, we're all high on life because of NXT 2.0, now a mafia guy's just showing up, and they're just completely lifting from the Sopranos, and it's really, really funny, and we can't wait for week two of Tony D'Angelo. Imagine in week two of Tony D'Angelo, he's walking down by the docks, and uh, Tommaso Ciampa rocks up, throws him in the boot of his car, and then goes and gets some money for some illegal garbage. By that which I mean, Duke Hudson... We've never seen him in a poker room before, and the first time he really loses. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is supposed to be a job that earns him more money than the fucking wrestler he is, and he's crap at it. So it's like... Been cleaned out. Duke's poker room is shut down forever because he played cards once and lost. Did this make you want to watch a match earnestly between Duke Hudson and Cameron Grimes? More than I did already, knowing yeah. that one is... Okay. No, don't, probably, don't, don't probably lie not. to me. Probably. I know you like Cameron Grimes. I want to do the voices of both of them when they were doing the match. So yeah, I already did want to see that. But this, did, this, did, this did not add to oh, that. Have you got any fair. investment in Duke Hudson, part-time card player extraordinaire? No, not whatsoever. Because <laughs> killed it. Yeah, they're like, so... <laughs> undertake a second match, another wrestler comes out. Well, I'm actually more dead. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, we get a vignette uh, hyping up Kaylee Ray, who returns to NXT next week. She's going to rage. She's smashing stuff up in a rage room. And then... <laughs> <laughs> who's smashing stuff in a rage room? Kaylee Ray. Rage room. Is that the thing when you get like the old computer monitors? Yeah. And yeah. It's quite good fun, actually. Yeah, I don't want a wrestler to do it. No. I want a wrestler to rage on someone's face. Third wrestler. Uh, I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no, yeah, for she you. She deserves so here. much better, Kaylee Ray. Uh, right, then we have uh, NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa. He comes out holding the belt. Uh, he talks about the changing of the guard at Halloween Havoc. All the titles changed hands. Imperium, Toxic Attraction, Mandy Rose, etc. Except his, of course. Brom Break was meant to take it from him. But Ciampa declares himself the god of NXT. He says, with the title comes great responsibility. He's got a target on his back. And he literally, at that point, looks to the ramp. And out comes Carmelo Hayes, flanked, of course, by Trick Williams. Carmelo says, I hate to be the guy, but let's face it, I am the guy, and I need to put you in check, because it's not about you anymore. There's a new school on the rise. He's the leader of it. Uh, and with disrespect, as long as Hayes is on the show with his title, Champa is going to have to take a back seat, because he's the A champion, and that's all that's going to be. Uh, Champa waits for the crowd to... Quieting down, they're chanting, chanting Champa's going to kill you. Uh, and he says, you almost had me there. You almost had me believing you. But he took his sunglasses off as he was talking to him. And when Champa saw his eyes, he realized he just hasn't got that confidence behind him. He hasn't doesn't mean a word of it. He says, look, if you want to get froggy, jump. Let's go, this sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> You've got to have your head in a swivel around these parts, so you've got to feel froggy. Or other cliches that they do all the time. Nobody fucking talks like this ever. Uh, Trick Williams says, the last I heard, we were in the main event, not you. So Champa just clocks him. Tom, Tommy Champa has been bad way longer than he was ever good. Ooh. That's a take here. Spicy take. Uh, as Champa leaves, I think under a stare down with Carmelo Hayes, who should he bump into but Johnny Gargano, who's coming out for his match, and we get a, a little stare down as we head about, to break. time to freshen the show with something new. Uh, basically, this means Gargano's going to AEW. That, and that was 100% an engagement move because they get none. So yeah. it's like what might people share on Twitter and it's going to be the screenshot or it's going to be the GIF or whatever. Absolutely them two together. None of this is happening. Don't do your side-by-sides. Don't do your, don't change your Twitter icon, uh, like a logo of DIY and say, one more time, question mark, thinking emoji face eyes. Like, it's not happening. And if it is, it's only for the purpose of Gargano getting the fuck out of there and I respect him more for it. I, just briefly on this, earnest praise because we take the piss out of the show a lot. I think that all of this is to... Brombreaker and Tomasa Champa can coexist now because of mutual respect. They've done it once already where they had a team together and they couldn't, but now they can because they've had a match. And that's where this is going. And then Brombreaker either challenges him again or turns. And that's what that's what I think this Carmella yeah. Hayes and Trick Williams thing is. And I don't hate it because I quite like Carmella Hayes and Trick Williams. And I think of all the characters that were just whew, created out of thin air in the 2.0 era, these are probably the best ones. Them and Andre Chase are probably the best of what this era has done so far. So I, I, I don't hate this, but it's pretty poorly acted. I'm, I think I'm with Sidgwick on Champa being a, a terrible fit for this, and it's making me think, well, what are you a good fit for? The answer's always AEW, isn't it? The answer's always AEW. Champa rocks up. Oh, DIY here. Class. Oh, we're getting DIY FTR. Cool. Really cool. DIY Young Bucks. Yeah. Insert DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when he's hard. Yeah. Uh, right, main event time. It Tweet was that. Like, Carmelo Hayes. 
and Trick Williams versus Dexter Lewis and Johnny Gargano. Um, I've turned the corner on Dexter Lewis, I've realised. I really like him now. He does all of his spooky sliding on his knees bollocks, and I go, hey, 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 you all right. <laughs> Um, that's the start, um, scares Carmelo Hayes to start the match, basically. Um, Loomis Thess presses him, uh, Gargano's got the arm, and, uh, oh, this is Trick Williams, the, the later on in the match, I should mention, and Loomis is meant to come off and do the old, you know, axe handle to the arm that Gargano's working. Loomis just jumps off and punches him in the face. <laughs> good, good stuff. Uh, Gargano, uh, hits Hayes with the slingshot spear to take us to the break. When we come back, it is, uh... More of Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams fighting back against Loomis and Gargano. Um, but then they get an assisted super superplex uh, on Carmelo Hayes. Gargano super kicks Williams uh, and they put on the you know uh, matching black glove for two punches to the face against their opponents. Then stereo super kicks. Uh, Loomis gets a near fall after hitting a top rope elbow on Trick Williams. Hayes has to dive in and make the save. Uh, Discus Lariat. Flips over uh, Hayes. There's a silencer. Looks like it might get the victory here for Dexter Loomis and Johnny Gargano. But in the midst of all this, the referee is getting Gargano out of the ring. And that allows Trick Williams to twat Dexter Loomis with his shoe. Hayes recovers, comes off the top rope with that sort of psychosis-style leg drop on Loomis. One, two, three. The heels steal one, Michael Sidgwick. Yeah, I honestly can't remember much about this match. It's, it just comes at the end of so much bollocks that when they ask you to take seriously the very core yeah. of what mm. this actually is, it just washes over me. I can't remember a freaking Oh, God, thing is this a wrestling it. show? Yeah, yeah that's the weirdest yeah. sensation. It's like it feels like an imposition of my time for them to go six, seven, eight minutes into a wrestling match. It's the oddest sensation. I'm just yeah. Like, mm. You don't want to do this. Like NXT 2.0 crystallizes the WWE ethos where it does not want to be a wrestling show. And it has to be because Vince is a failure and everything else. But he wants it to be anything else except the wrestling show, but he still has the acknowledgement of I have to do a bit of it. I have to do a bit of this um, because I can't make movies as much as I'd like to think that I could do that. Um, I failed as a sports mogul. Like, I can't do anything except this, so I have to do a bit of this. And he, when you get to the bit of this that he has to do, it just feels like, oh, come on, you don't It just feels loveless and artless. There's probably some decent little individual performances here in the match that I'll never remember in a million billion years. Yeah, you're asking four wrestlers to summon the spirit of competition from what is very obviously an obligation. Yeah. That's mm. what this is. This main event was an obligation. I, I didn't mind the match. I, the only, truly the only takeaway I had from it was yet more praise for Johnny Gargano. He, he, see, this is the problem. He's the guy that could theoretically go out there and sing and dance and give you a five-star match. And that's why they'll look at him and be like, right, well, everybody else has to do it this way mm. because every now and then a wrestler, I'm not saying like Johnny Gargano is the best at everything, but every now and then a wrestler comes along that can so they believe that everybody should, yeah. and they shouldn't. And I, same with when he was tagging with Austin Theory, and a couple of other times he's done this in NXT. Gargano's probably quite underrated at um, how well he can very clearly drop down a level in the pecking order in a really earnest effort to elevate something, whether that's another wrestler, whether that's an act, whether that's a storyline. And he's kind of doing all three here because he was there for Carmelo and Trick, who I think are a, a really good work in progress. Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot to like about the act and, you know, Bland take, but they can go, they can certainly go enough for where they're at right now. He knows that Dexter Loomis is incredibly limited and this act is kind of one dimensional, but yet again, he's finding the ways to make this fun. Like the 
the Black Glove, the like funny double teams, which we've seen enough of Dexter Lumis to know that's probably not his instincts. It's probably Johnny Gargano's. Mm. Not to take away from him, but you have to look at Gargano as probably the, the general out there in something like this. Yeah. And I, I just think, well, here's this multi-skilled guy that they can ask six things of, and he can do it, but I'm not feeling, I'm thinking. I'm just like, there he is. There's this guy. Signed for the company where all your brilliant skills are going to be used to the best of their ability. Can't wait to see them again because ultimately what I'm seeing you do here is like a, a very unique sort of carry job. I'm not seeing some Vince McMahon slug carried to three stars by a great wrestler. I'm seeing an entire show like being carried to be in a wrestling show yeah. by a wrestler. Johnny Wrestling Show. <laughs> That's what he is. Well, let us know your thoughts on NXT 2.0 on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, of course. Uh, coming later on today, our preview of AEW Dynamite. But for now, this has been the NXT 2.0 review. My thanks to Michael Hamflit, to Michael Sidgwick, to you for joining us. And we... We'll see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.